It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Kitchener. And on the line, we got John McAlevey and Matt Lachlan. And oh boy, fellas, let me tell you something. Uh, I talk about it with Rutgers, elation to deflation for me. I mean, they uh, they played Nebraska. I mean, one, at home, one of the best games I've seen them play like ever. I mean, it was just a complete game. Uh, they did start out a little bit slow, but boy, they turned it on. You know, Ron Harper Jr., 29 points. You had five players in double figures. Uh, in the second half, they played suffocating D. They really just took over the game completely and, and you know, won 93-65. And boy, I'm like, okay, this team is really, really hitting on all cylinders. A big uh, big game from Dean Reber. He, uh, he comes out of the shadows there and uh, shows that his value hits a couple threes. Uh, you know, looking like they can stretch the court a little bit more with another shooter. Also, uh, you know, uh, Ron Harper Jr., 10, 10 for 10 from the line. I mean, when's the last time you saw that? Uh, it was just a complete game. And then uh, they go on the road. And my goodness, you talk about the it, it, the polar opposite. They were terrible. Uh, the road woes continue with them. You know, Mika Shrewsbury is a, a, clearly a... You know, a good pick for for Penn State. Uh, he's doing a good job there. He's brought in a bunch of uh, uh, transfers. And look, he's got them playing, you know. Uh, and look, they're, they're certainly on the bottom uh, end of the uh, Big Ten, we think, although they are playing uh, better. Uh, they played, you know, took Purdue uh, to the wire, um, you know, beat Northwestern, which well, maybe they expect to beat Northwestern. But anyway, uh, th- this is a team that uh, is playing – pretty well and some pretty tough defense and you know they they just uh they they wanted it more they played harder they played uh a tougher and uh and Rutgers just reverted I mean they could not score at all they couldn't put the ball in the basket the only one who yeah. really stepped up was Cliff um you know and again here it is guys and I said this last time we know this we all know this I mean you know, they'll go as far as uh, as Geo and, and Ron are going to take them, and they were both, you know, both had seven points each. Five for twenty-one, Steve. Please. That's not going to win too many ball you games. You put it, put a two on on one of those, you know, and uh, you know if it's twenty-seven points for one of them. You got a completely different game, of course. We we know uh, when they when they play and, and when they're especially the the, two, the recent game where they're both in the twenties. I mean, you know. Look, they're going to be very difficult to beat, and that was against Michigan. And now even Ron Harper with 29 points against Nebraska. I mean, they have to, you know, both is great, but one or the other has got to make their shots or these guys are going to be in trouble. It's, it's, and, that, and also, you know, you know, Paul Mulcahy, he was playing really well. He reverted back to kind of being indecisive. Uh, Caleb was, wasn't decisive either. He was off his game. I did play some good defense as he usually does, but you know, offensively, he was, you know, off, offense was the problem. And then what, Jaden Jones, what was he in Pikel's doghouse? I mean, bring him out and play him. Come on. I mean, they needed scoring there. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was just a rough, uh, a rough game uh, for them. And then you, it's, this is the time guys, right? This is the time to say, okay, uh, is this a tournament team or not? And it's looking like with the bad start, not. They're, they're not, you know, a nice little run there. Nice, exciting win against Purdue. Then they take beat Michigan for the first time, uh, should have beaten Nebraska and, and beat them with an exclamation point. But now you're wondering, you got, look, it's the Bryce Jordan center, Matt. I mean, no one's there. 
Um, it's off campus. It's not loud. Uh, this is a team of first-year coach, although he clear, clearly is doing a good job there. Uh, he go out coach Pike. I mean, frankly, that, that that's what happened uh, at, at State College. And, uh, you know, it, it really, really uh, it puts a, a, another dent in the resume. Well, it certainly does that. And you touched upon it. It doesn't really seem to matter for Rutgers, whether there's five fans or 15,000 fans in the building. When they're on the road, they're a far different club. They struggle mightily. I, I can't put my finger on it. I'm sure Coach Peichel's trying to figure it out. They have a huge home court advantage, whether or not it's packed or fans are wearing masks, as we have to do now, uh, particularly recently. But it's a huge advantage. And so you mentioned some of their W's and they were at home. Uh, and that's that's the big difference. So until this team shows that they can win on the road, there's going to be a lot of doubts about them. And, you know, when you start to lose and you fall behind early, as they did against Penn State, you revert to some bad habits. And, you know, guys are forcing things and what have you. But if the top two guys don't get it done, and most nights it's going to have to be the top two guys. I I don't know that they can survive with one guy playing well and the other not, unless that one player is playing out of his mind. So, yeah, uh, we still don't know about this Rutgers team. There are question marks. There's no question about it. And it doesn't necessarily get easier. We can talk about it a little later. But what looked like a, a game that would, you know, maybe you'd say they'd be favored in or at least have a good chance at winning. Now Maryland, who knows what you're going to see with them as they come off a W. Yeah, I don't know whether you could say that Pinkle was outcoached. I mean, his two best players shot five for 21 from the floor and and uh, three for 12 from, from three-point range. They chipped in with 14 points. John Calipari wouldn't win with that, you know, and, and Coach K wouldn't win with that. So give Jake Jones a shot, John. Have to score points. And so, you know, 49 points is not going to beat very many teams on any given night, whether it's home away or in a neutral site. And I think that that's just what they ran into. They ran into their two best players, couldn't get it done. And, and their other players are complimentary guys at this point. Um, other than Cliff Mori, who, who was having himself a nice season. He had a double, double um, six of nine, but again, he's scoring right around the basket. It's not, as if he's taking people away from the basket and beating them off the dribble. Um, you know, the seniors, they have to get it done. It, it can't be like 27 one night and then seven the next night. For for Rutgers to, to be thinking NCAA tournament, and there's still time for that because there's a lot of playing in the Big Ten. You get top 20 teams. You play against them, you know, just to stay in shape in that league. And so they'll have opportunities, but those opportunities will just go by the wayside if they can't get their horses to get it done. That's, that's the bottom line. And one thing that Mika Shrewsbury did, which was big when he got there was he kept uh, John, you know, the new, the moving pick Harar there, you know, so, you know, that's a big body. And there was a lot of rumors that he was going to transfer to Rutgers. There was talk about that. And uh, I'm sure it was just rumors. They had, they kept him there. I mean, he had 16 points, you know, I mean, o- Omori d- did have a nice night, but it wasn't like on the defensive end uh, he shut anybody down either. Um, you know, that guy's, you know, again, you know, big physical uh, uh, centers are uh, still going to um, score uh, against Rutgers. That's just the reality of it. And, um, you know, but, you know, they held Penn State to 66 points, not 
you know, maybe not ideal. Maybe they want to get it in the 50s, but still, that's a, still a pretty darn good effort. Clearly, the problem uh, was, again, on the offensive end. And again, I'll go back to this, guys. You got Jaden Jones on the bench. He seems to, I mean, the word is that that Peichel doesn't trust his defense yet, but that really wasn't the problem. Um, he uh, They needed scoring and it seems that at least to give him a shot even later in the game, I guess Peichel thought that he can get, get back into it. I mean, I think at one point they cut it to eight, but it never seemed like they had a chance. And I, and I got to tell you, you know, the, here's the opportunities, guys, right? It's not like you're going into Mackey Arena here. I mean, you're going to the Bryce Jordan Center against, you know, a first-year coach. And, and clearly, he, like I said, I'll give it to him. He's clearly doing a good job here. But this was an opportunity. All right. Now you got another opportunity. I'll be at the game on Saturday. I'm going down to visit friends uh, in outside of Baltimore and we're going to go to the game. And, um, I, you know, I don't know what you certainly can't expect Rutgers to win by any means. Uh, they're not going to be favored. Um, you know, Maryland's a little upside down. Uh, Mark Turgeon leaves abruptly. Uh, Danny Manning, who was a head coach at, at one point, um, takes over. I mean, they still got, I mean, they got Eric Ayala, uh, the senior um, guard. He's he's good. I mean, he's he can run a team. Um, you know, Dante That's Scott. Russell too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah as well. Rhode Island transfer. I yep. was watching last night. They, uh, in, in overtime, they took out Northwestern. It's not easy to win at Northwestern. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, picking up the pieces for Mark Turgeon. Uh, they were in the top 25 earlier this year. They've Fall, uh, fell out, but it's not going to be easy winning down there. It's not easy to win anywhere on the road, right. but it, again, it comes back to your your guys have to ring the bell. It, it's got to be a Geo and, and Ron game um, yeah. and, you know, mix and match with, you know, eight or nine from Omori, get six or seven from McConnell, a couple more from Mulcahy and mm-hmm. uh, put, pull it together that way. Oh, the, no question. I mean, and, and um, y- you know, that was the same situation last season, too. It really came down to, I mean, remember, this is almost like a broken record. We were talking about this where Ron Harper Jr. kind of disappeared in the second half of the season. Um, just, uh, you know, they were keying on him and he didn't do as well. Uh, but, you know, they, they, that's just it seems like they got so much more energy at home. And if is it really is it is it the crowd is it the home crowd that's going to get you focused and energized? I mean, you got to figure out a way to bring that on the road. Of course, this is a. This is a broken record at this point. We've talked about this quite a bit. I just don't know. I got to believe, Matt, that if, you know, they don't beat Maryland at Maryland, you got to look at it, you know, two you know, two big opportunities on the road. You miss on both of them, and then you got to really look at a team that's maybe, re, you know, I mean, play the, play the more of the, you know, go, go deeper into your bench, develop people for next year, maybe an NIT shot. But I'm just not sure that this team at this point uh, we'll we'll be able to make the tournament. No, they haven't shown it, and there were certainly red flags that came up early in the season. You know, and I just don't know who other than the, than uh, Harper Jr. and Baker who who can they depend on? Who who's going to give you that spark that you don't mm-hmm. you know that that's going to carry you on a bad night? So they don't have a lot of depth. Let's be honest. Um, and whatever's not working. On the road, I, I I don't think there's a quick fix in a couple of days, but because it's not just this year, it's really kind of a Rutgers hallmark. So I don't know what it is, and yes, I do think that that playing at the uh, uh, Jersey Mike's Arena 
is a big advantage for them. There's no doubt about that. However, that being said, it's not a very deep team. Uh, they didn't bring a ton of guys in through the portal. They lost a bunch through the portal. And it's it's unfortunate because two of the better players that we've seen over the last 10 years or so are probably not going to have much of a postseason. It, it really – look, what, what makes you think that Rutgers can turn it around? They hadn't been playing good defense earlier in the year. Peichel's a defensive guy. They're not scoring. I mean, like, what are they? Like, what, what is Rutgers? You know, if, if you're Maryland and you're preparing for them, what are you preparing for? All right, those two guys can burn us, so let's focus on them. But is this an offensive team? Do we have to worry about shutting them down? Are they going to blow our doors off if we're lax defensively? Are they going to lock us down? And so we better play hard-nosed basketball uh, for two halves. I, I don't know what Rutgers is. I think they really need to hit the recruiting trail hard because, unfortunately, I think what you have here is two streaky seniors who, when they're on, they're really on, but when they're off, they're really off. And unfortunately, they're surrounded by, you know, complimentary players. Caleb McConnell wouldn't start for half, more than half of the college teams out there. He's a good guy. He's a glue guy coming off the bench, but 27, 30 minutes a game, not a chance in many of these other teams. Paul Mulcahy was a heralded recruit, but, you know, he's into his couple seasons in now and and really what is he is he a point guard is he a two guard he's he's not the greatest athlete in the world he's not the best shooter in the world um you know Amori was a was a huge recruit he's coming on but you look at the rest of them Palmquist Reber Hyatt Mag Miller I mean I don't know what any of these guys are I, I know that they're not big time players in the Big Ten and unfortunately in that conference you need more than two and right now they just don't have that yeah, and I think for me, okay, um, he is the big mystery, right? This is his third year, and here was a great opportunity for him stepping in in a prominent role. Not that he didn't have one the last couple of years, but I think they were going to hand him uh, the ball literally and figuratively and saying, listen, we lost a couple of guys. You've got two guys with you that have been around who are the, the veteran leadership. Let's go. And you're right, John. I, I'm not sure what he is. I'm not sure. If he, I Listen. I do know what he is. He's not a point guard. He is a shooting guard. He's really not a point guard. And so then they don't really have that position filled. And so, yeah, they're, they're not terrible, but again, the flags were raised earlier in the year and it's just continued. Now there is plenty of time. It's the middle of January, but the middle of January becomes end of January becomes middle of February. And Rutgers is then going to have to depend on upsetting teams in the Big Ten tournament and maybe winning it if they don't start finding some victories soon. They better hit that portal hard this offseason because what is next year going to look like without these two? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, just like Shrewsbury did, man. I mean, look, um, you know, there was a lot of misses in the offseason on, on the portal. And, they, you know, they brought in Andre Hyde. He's a nice player um, off the bench. He, You know, he can score. Uh, but you know, a nice player. He's not, um, he's not going to, ch- uh, he's not a game changer. Um, and yeah, I listened to, to, to hope to get a game changer off the portal. I mean, you can't count on that, but then they, they needed a big man. They absolutely needed a big man. They get AG from, um, you know, from San Jose state. Uh, you know, he's not even that he's, you know, you know, six, eight, um, you know, he scored, he had some good games with them and, and did score, but it doesn't appear in the big 10 that he's going to be much of a factor. And so they really, 
Um, you know, they really don't have. And like Dean Reber, you know, he's a guy who can spot up for the three and stretch out the floor and get your maybe your big man out, out, out uh, you know, out of the uh, paint. But he's not he's not going to go down there and bang with the big boys. There's just no way. So they're they scare anybody. Yes, yeah, so they need no, some. Really. They need some beef in there, man. And that that's what definitely one, uh, one issue. Omori's going to be is, is is already a nice player. He's I think he's going to develop even more. Again, he's an amazing athlete. You see it, and he's he he would start on any team, John. Um, that guy, that guy is, it absolutely belongs. I mean, the thing with Mulcahy, I agree with you guys. I mean, he's kind of up and down, but you know, if I was, we were talking right after the Nebraska game, he had a fantastic game. Now granted at, at home against Nebraska, I gotcha. But are you telling me that Penn state is that imposing, imposing of an opponent? Really? They're going to take you completely out of your game. I'm just, I don't mean, I just, you know, I don't know, man. I've gone. Well, yeah, I mean, right. I, I, I mean, I do understand what you're saying and I agree with you to a point, but you know, Penn State came out, punched Rutgers, and Rutgers never responded. <laughs> sure so, didn't. That, you know, you got to look at that as well. And so I don't know that it's home or away per se in that instance. If you can't find a way to respond when you get belted, then, you know, what are you going to do against uh, the real big boys? Yeah. You know, the win against Purdue notwithstanding. And so, they need, you know what? Uh, they need uh, They need Mawat Mag now, too. He was really showing uh, some, good, some good. He's long. He's quick athletic. He could score. He could play some defense. They really need to get him back on the court too. And um, I, I think he was going to be a nice piece for Rutgers so this, this is year. where it's then, come. Yep. No, no, no. Hey, you listen, I, I'm, I'm saying that you're just reaching here. So for I, know, what, I know the yeah. big guys have to do it, but think about it. That's where Rutgers at, is at now. Right. It, you know, they're, they're not asking uh, for an All-American to come back, they're asking, and I say this respectfully because the kids playing Division One basketball, I have a great deal of respect for those who can do anything athletically uh, at the highest level. But if that's who Rutgers is depending on, then there's there's something there's something rotten in Denmark. All right, well, glad glass. Stop, Mawat, man. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and listen, he's gonna have he, a breakout it, game. I promise you. By the end of the season, he's gonna have a breakout. That kid, I'm telling you. Well, yeah, but it's the consistency, yeah. right? And, yeah. and he may de- he may deliver it. And, and yes, yeah. they certainly are a better team with him because they don't have depth, and without him, it's even more of an issue. But it, you know, whatever's not happening with with the top two on a consistent basis, who knows. So glass half full here, guys. Okay, you know, we, two games on the road, one at State College, one in Maryland, and you're saying, okay, listen, you at least got to split it, all right? You'll take the split. Certainly don't want to go 0-2 in that spot because these are two opportunities to win on the road. I just think it's a big, big game in Maryland. Uh, very important that they come out with a win there if they want to kind of salvage this thing and still take a – uh, you know, still make a move towards the tournament, losing both games. And boy, you just got to be lights out. Then you're, then you're talking about going into like, you know, Mackey arena and, and such and winning games, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be very difficult. They got a, they got a tough road ahead, uh, but they have winnable games to Northwestern's there too. They just got to win, figure out a way to win those games, but it starts with Maryland on Saturday. I'll be at the game. Looking forward to it. Never been to a Maryland game. Um, so, um, looking forward to that and, and we'll see, uh, see how they fare, but it's a very, very, uh, important game. Let's switch to Seton Hall, but first let's talk about our sponsor, LG Insurance, Aaron Levine, 
uh, is sponsored by the Jersey Hardwood podcast since we started it, which we really appreciate. It's got his office in in Long Branch, full service insurance guy. All you got to do is search LG Insurance and you'll find him. And uh, he's a terrific guy. He can answer any of your questions. And we're going to, guys, we're going to have um, Aaron on the show. Uh, he does a podcast about uh, insurance, uh, information on insurance. And uh, we should set up a link so that people can uh, uh, get to his uh, his podcast as well. But he's going to come on and, um, and uh, we're going to chat. Uh, find out what kind of a, a basketball fan he is. See if uh, yeah. see if he's a, a Seton Hall or Rutgers. If he leans either way or doesn't care, or stays in the middle. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll see about that. That's uh, terrific. Thank you, Aaron. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate the support. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And Seton Hall, my goodness, UConn—they take care of business there. And uh, Kadari uh, Richmond coming out party there. And, and I will say. When I went to The Rock uh, for the uh, Jersey Hardwood Classic, that was immediately he had a he had a good run at the beginning of that game against Rutgers, and I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, I don't want I, I do watch Seton Hall, but you know, he was not a, a, a fact as much a factor early for Seton Hall. However, you could see like he's a pretty a freak of an athlete, and uh, and sure enough, uh, he had a huge game mat against UConn. Uh, Bryce Aiken as well, chipping in 22. And uh, they had to score a lot of points because UConn did too. But uh, a good uh, good win for Seton Hall there. And then they go, they play, obviously, DePaul. Uh, we're recording this on uh, on Thursday. They play uh, DePaul uh, tonight at DePaul. Yeah, uh, first game of a two-game road trip. Absolutely right about Kadari Richmond. Now, he came in heralded. He was a big recruit mm-hmm. for Syracuse. Yeah. And then he comes to Seton Hall. Uh, but you could tell early on, look, you know, at Syracuse, you play zone. Jim Beheim doesn't know anything about man to man. Doesn't want to hear it. Doesn't even teach it. There's not even five minutes of practice. I'm sure devoted to man to man. defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe lifetime for Jim. Right. Uh, I kid only slightly. So now man to man team, Kevin Willard plays man to man and Richmond got lost and he did try to force things, but He's got the talent. He's got the size. You mentioned the athleticism. But who knows? He's averaging seven points a game. He comes in and scores 27 points. Danny Hurley's going, okay, we've got to worry about uh, Jared Roden. Oh, wait a minute. we got to worry about Bryce Aiken. Uh, they got Samuel back. we got to worry a little bit about him. Uh, Obiagu's going to clog things in the middle. we got to worry about him. I'm sure he spent time in Kandari Richmond. I mean, these guys all know each other. I mean, Three quarters of each team is from the metropolitan area, but I'm sure he didn't see 27. And and Johnny, he didn't see 17 straight. I don't think Kevin Willard either did. 17 straight pirate points coming from one man. Yeah. Uh, as uh, you know, he single handedly kept Seton Hall in it, and then led the comeback and a great heavyweight bout. I mean, these two guys slugged it out. Talking about Rutgers taking a punch but not responding. These teams just went toe-to-toe. It was uh, old-time Big East basketball for sure. Yeah, this was a Sweet 16 NCAA tournament game. This this had everything, you know, March Madness. It was back and forth, and you mentioned all these kids know each other, and and most of them are from the metropolitan area, so they 
they've either played against each other in high school or AAU or been on the, even been on the same teams in that respect. So they, they know each other and, you know, two good young coaches that don't like to lose. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch Dan Hurley on the sidelines very much, but he's a disaster, a walking disaster. On the <laughs> he's sidelines. a madman. He is oh, so man. aggressive, isn't he? And he's such a crybaby. I mean, every single whistle is a personal affront where if you were to just put a camera on him the entire game, I mean, you would be embarrassed as an alumnus of the school. I mean, he, he just is so over the top. I mean, listen, everybody's coach complains. I, I was talking to my niece the other day about Jay Wright and how he's such a, you know, he's the altar boy. But if you watch him on the sidelines, he's an animal with the oh, officials yeah. at times. He he's quite the officials, Right. I mean, absolutely unbelievable, but, but Dan takes it to a whole new level and he's got a really good team. Also, he's got, he's got kids that, you know, there's both schools are still kind of coming back from COVID. They were in both of them in a bit of a COVID haze when they're playing again, you know, in, in mid February and beginning of March, that big East tournament is going to be fun because those teams are hopefully all going to be healthy at that point. And, um, you know, Villanova's good, but they're not necessarily the class. I think there's a couple of teams that that can uh, can uh, burst their bubble. So it's going to be fun down the stretch. But Saturday was a blast. I enjoyed every minute of that game. It was incredible. It was just back and forth. And, you know, I was sitting in Columbus. The Devils had a game that night against the Blue Jackets. And I get back from the morning skate. and I'm sitting down to finish up some prep. And it was an afternoon game. So I said, let me pop it on and see what's going on. And my TV wasn't working, so I wound up I wound up listening to the entire game. And I, I'll be honest with you, Gary Cohen uh, is out. He's he's missed. Uh, I guess he's going to wind up missing about three games, just under the weather. And so Dave Popkin, who sits in that analyst chair with Gary, slid over to the play-by-play role. And Michael Enzi, a former Pirate player, was the analyst. But at any rate, listening to Dave's call was incredible because I couldn't see it. My son Liam's texting me back and forth saying this game is incredible, uh, <laughs> but Dave did a great job bringing the intensity, and uh, I was sitting on the edge of my seat. It just a just a heck of a win for Seton Hall. But you know how it goes, John. You're a coach. What have you done for me lately? And they yeah. go into DePaul, and DePaul has you know settled to where they probably belong. They got off to a pretty good start. They played a lot of cupcakes, uh, but now. We'll see. But Seton Hall has struggled with DePaul over the years, whether it's lack of atmosphere there, whether it's lack of respect to the opponent, who yeah. knows? So uh, Kevin Willard's got his uh, got a job uh, against uh, DePaul tonight for sure. Well, I've got three words for you. Javon Freeman Liberty. Yeah. He's, their, he's their guy. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. He scores all their points. <laughs> And uh, he's a terrific player. You know, one thing I've noticed that the Big East is doing with these East Coast teams is when they send them out to the Midwest, they couple them. They put two games right around the corner so that they can stay out there. I know uh, Providence did that. I know Villanova just did that. And I'm assuming that uh, Seton Hall will, will play DePaul on Saturday, and then they play again on the 15th, so they'll probably stay out there as well. Oh, yeah, they play Marquette on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, it's an early game. It's a noon game. And by the way, I will be on the call of that game as uh, Michael Enzi can't make it. And so I got a call from Seton Hall the other day and said, can you uh, can you make both games? And, of course, I have a 
Devils game tonight against the Islanders. I mean, they knew it might have been canceled because the Devils had a game Monday postponed because of COVID. So they said, what do you think? I said, well, it looks like we're going to have enough guys back. And that obviously is my primary responsibility. Thanks for the offer. Uh, if you find somebody to do both games, no harm, no foul. But uh, I believe Dave's working solo tonight. And they said, well, listen, if you can hop on a plane on Friday to Milwaukee, we'd love to have you. So kind of where it all started for me, doing Seton Hall basketball back in the day for WSOU. And while I oh, was so you, doing play-by-play, I'm more than happy to be sitting alongside Dave doing things. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So you're so you're going out yeah. to Milwaukee, Matt? On Friday, yeah. That's awesome. Wow, that's, yeah. that's great. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm excited about yeah. it. But, uh, that's fun, Matt. You buried the lead. Jeez, you didn't tell us about it. <laughs> well, I, I, I know we're all busy and stuff, but in a recent text to you guys about setting up this show, I mentioned it about why Friday was not necessarily good for us to record the show. But I figured you guys were just uh, saving the surprise for the end. But yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is, yeah. that is great. That's great. Well, I got to tell you. Yeah, I'm very excited. Moving forward with Seton Hall, man, I mean, this is really exciting. I'm a little bummed because I want the same excitement for Rutgers. But look at these guys. Uh-huh. I mean, if, if Richmond can start getting that kind of consistency, Matt, my goodness. And still, Bryce Aiken was great, too. Against UConn. Oh, yeah. And and even yeah. Jared Roden still got his points. I mean, this is a team that can can score. Willard's got him playing great defense. They, you know, and if if this guy, um, Zero, can step up and and be that kind of player, um, and, and you know, it, it's really uh it's really exciting for them. I mean, you know, Villanova will always be their problem. They're clearly the second team in the Big East. They're clearly on their way. What are they ranked 20th right now? Clearly mm-hmm. uh, on their way uh, to the tournament. I mean, unless they do, unless they really stumble and like have a horrible game uh, tonight against DePaul and, you know, just to, and start stumbling against unranked Big East teams. But you just don't see that the way this team is playing. And again, I go back to when I said I was, I was really heaping it on them last show. But, you know, Bryce Aiken is just a solid, solid, uh, floor general and point guard that can that can score too man it's just so critical uh is uh he's a big part big part of uh of how good these guys are right now and it's just uh it's got to be exciting matt oh it is they've got depth they've got experience they have all the necessary ingredients i know that those uh, the coaches are, are are downplaying it to a degree you know how they are no one's going to say hey we're national champions but Danny Hurley is among many who have said this team can compete for a national championship. They've got size, they've got speed. Like I said, they've got depth and there's a lot of exciting things happening, but until it happens, right. Uh, Until it continues to develop, uh, this is just a great start, but more uh, is hoped for. And we'll see Johnny Providence on the horizon. if, If the Friars can straighten out, some of their COVID issues. I know their game against UConn got postponed uh, this Saturday, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully everybody clears the portal and, and they can play on Tuesday night at Prudential Center. Yeah, I mean, they've surprised me 14-2. and two. They have wins over Texas Tech, who just beat Baylor. They won at Wisconsin. They've beaten Connecticut at Connecticut. They, they beat Wisconsin. At, that, at those times, both of those teams were not 100%, but you know, when you put the resume together at the end of the year, it's going to show that. So that's good. They do have that one thirty-two point drubbing at Marquette, but I think Marquette is good. They had come in losing three games, two in uh, overtime and one in double overtime. So they were they were going to give somebody a, a pound of flesh, and so we just happened to be that uh, that team walking in. But 
Shaka Smart's an excellent coach. He's got talent there, and I think Marquette will be heard from. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the season as it rolls along. I think we'll, we'll probably come back to the pack a little bit, but um, they did a lot of their work early, and and if they can maintain their head over sea level uh, throughout the rest of the conference play, then I think it could be uh, definitely another NCAA tournament on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, I I think they have a chance for sure. And you got Villanova there, Matt. It's always this this mountain, right? You know, Jay Wright just reloads. He's a great coach. It seems like this year, though, and, and look, you were shorthanded uh, last time you played him and then narrowly uh, lost that game at the Rock. But this seems like the year where you where Seton Hall is, is matching up pretty well with them. I'm not convinced that, that, that Villanova is necessarily a better team. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I would say that until Seton Hall beats them, then Villanova is the better team. But I don't think there's a huge margin of difference. And so, uh, but, but I give I give the Wildcats the edge at this point. All that being said, uh, they do play again later on this season uh, down in Philadelphia. Uh, that should be a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And we're just... Uh, you know, take Seton Hall will take it where it's at. Right now, I'd say Villanova is the class, but Seton Hall can can take that away from them by not only beating them when they play again, uh, but also by the way they play the rest of the way. Uh, just Seton Hall is really good, but so is Villanova. Uh, they've got the experience. Uh, they recruit at a just a little higher level. Seton Hall has narrowed that gap a little bit. As Seton Hall's gotten better under Willard and has become a place where. Players know that they'll develop. I mean, Seton Hall's got guys playing professional basketball, playing in the NBA, uh, that they're able to recruit at a slightly higher level. Villanova's been there for a few years, and so right now their their talent is probably a little greater on paper. But you know what, Matt? I like Seton Hall with um, matching up against um, Villanova because they don't have size this year. Villanova really does not have size and no. Seton Hall has size to burn. I mean, they've got, you know, Ike in the middle and Tyrese and Trey Jackson gets his nose in the middle there. And, and they've got size and, and Yetna, I mean, they keep coming at you. Whereas Villanova really does not. So I think that they can take advantage of that. It's too bad that Obiagu really does, does not have much of an offensive game outside of the, the dunk shot as they like to refer to it. <laughs> and uh, you know, offensive putbacks, if they could, they could bounce it into him and, and he could scare anybody. They'd have to double off of that. And then, and then you're looking at, you know, wide open shooters all around him. So, um, but I, I do like their offensive game inside um, as opposed to what Villanova has. And I think that they could take advantage of that next time when everybody's there. It's certainly something to keep an eye on when they played last. Seton Hall got out-rebounded uh, pretty badly, but they didn't have Obiagu. He was out with um, uh, with COVID protocols, and they also played without Tyrese Samuel. So those two guys certainly will affect the trajectory of any game and the trajectory of shots more Obiagu than Samuel. But they'll be much bigger. Yet and wound up fouling out of that game, but they just they were out-rebounded, especially down the stretch. So. That is one area that Seton Hall wants to tighten up on. Yep. Uh, but you're right. Both teams fully healthy. That's an advantage that Seton Hall would have over Philadelphia. Yeah, no doubt. Well, guys, we are the Jersey Hardwood 
podcast. So, of course, we cover Jersey basketball. So let's get off Seton Hall and Rutgers and let's uh, let's take a look at Monmouth. Uh, Ten and three. They're back in action in Jersey against St. Peter's uh, tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about them last year. Matt, you had mentioned that you uh, had a, you knew uh, George Pappas's family uh, from uh, he's a Jersey City kid himself. So he's going back uh, home uh, tomorrow night. And then, of course, Shavar Reynolds, a, uh, a transfer from Seton Hall, who's having a nice season with Monmouth. Yeah. And, and actually, um, George Pappas was raised in Plainfield. Yeah, born in Jersey City. That's where his dad is from but he he was raised in Plainfield and he played basketball with my uh with my son Liam in grammar school. Uh you know and he's a great story because he he was very good. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't and I say this respectfully for George. You know, he wasn't Kyrie Irving in grammar school. He was a really good player. But he wasn't someone that you said, "Oh, okay, all the big schools are going to come after him once he goes to high school." He went to Union Catholic, had a good run there. But not great. Then he started to grow. His dad, Steve, is is big, probably six nine. Uh, George started to grow, and then George grew his game. And give him credit, he went prep school, and then uh, he might even redshirted. I mean, he and Liam are the same age, and Liam graduated in twenty twenty, and George is still playing college basketball. You see that a mm-hmm. lot. But he has matured his game. He's grown physically, and yeah, he's a uh, he's just a terrific player. And they are they are. I mean, Iona's pretty good, but but Monmouth is terrific. They might very well be the best team in the MAC. Yeah, and uh, you know, leading scorer on the team, uh, Shavar Reynolds, yeah. right behind him, and then Walker Miller. They got a nice forward, nice big guy inside. So, um, a pretty good team. I'd love to go down there and check out it again. I, I mentioned that um, uh, Westfield Track had a uh, meet there at the uh, at their arena, and I'd never seen it. I was working, and I. Uh, I just went down the road to check it out. And I got to tell you that arena, they did a great job with it. Would love to go check out a game there at, at some point. Um, looks like, I don't know, maybe holds like, I don't know, you know, five or 6,000, uh, maybe a little more or less. I don't know, but it just looks like a, they really updated it. It looks, uh, it looks really nice. And, you know, they're playing some pretty good basketball as well. So uh, definitely uh, want to keep our eye uh, on the Mammoth Hawks as well. And we'll check out some other uh some other Jersey uh, uh, teams in the future as well. Certainly ones that are making noise. And uh, we get into uh, January, then into February and right up till, uh, till March madness guys. So we got plenty of shows uh, to go there. That'll do it for this week's show. Mac, congratulations on getting uh, the trip out to Milwaukee. That's exciting. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna here, be fun. We, here we are talking to a Seton Hall broadcaster here. So that's uh that's and, and an alum as well so that that's great so uh check out our uh, see if you could grab one of the players to come on with us one of these days. <laughs> that'd be cool you know what i'm focused on though Let's pirates see, talk. Especially, well especially no especially if they win tonight then i can't be the reason they lose uh, you know what i mean so i just i just hope i can sneak in to milwaukee and sneak out with seton hall having a w and have a good time uh, doing it. But no, uh, seriously, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, Matt, could this turn in? get the DePaul game because Marquette is demonstrably better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt, can this become right. a regular thing? No. Oh, no. Just Gary Cohen will be back soon, as right, I mentioned. Right. He's just sidelined uh, under the weather a little bit. Gotcha. So, no, he and Dave have been doing the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to say for like 
16 years maybe now. Okay. So, no, they're a great tandem. They're hand cool. in gloves. So I'm just trying not to screw things up. You're, Besides, you're... I have something called hockey. Yeah, of course. Way too, <laughs> way, way, too many, way too many conflicts. So, so you're no, you're you know, deep. Last year, Steve and I yeah. came on with us. Yeah. So maybe we could get Dave to, to hop on with us again. Great That'd guy. be cool. Yeah, awesome. That, yeah. That'd be cool. All right, guys. So that's it for this week. You can check out our uh, podcast on uh, Spotify. We uh, we host on SoundCloud, you know, iTunes, anywhere where you find your um, your podcasts uh, will be there. And we will check in uh, next week with more uh, Jersey basketball. I'm Steve Titchener with John McAlevey and Matt Lachlan. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.